630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Nurse, beautiful move to the net. Great shot, score! And Edmonton completes a dramatic comeback! Cassie left it for McDavid, drives the net. What a shot! Top right corner, unbelievable! Two flyers draped all over him. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. The first round ends tonight. 7.42 left in the first period. The Capitals lead the Hurricanes 2-0. Tomorrow, round two begins with the Blue Jackets and the Bruins and the Stars will take on the Blues. St. Louis defenseman Colton Pareko will join us later tonight on Inside Sports. But of course, much of the hockey world still talking about those two Game 7s from last night and an epic one to remember in San Jose. LeBanc will field it on the right point and stop it. He moves into the circle. LeBanc keys up, shoots, score! Kevin LeBanc has just put the Sharks in front in Game 7 with 6.39 to play. Lifted out to the line. Carlson keeps. Feeds right corner and Stastny. 50 seconds to go. Right corner. It's Stone. Behind for Smith. Shot. Score! Knights tie it! 47 seconds to go! Eric Carlson to Thornton across the line. Thornton being checked by Theodore. Puck came out, but Eric Carlson intercepts. Moves across the line, lead. Barkley Goodrow gets around the defense, shoots. He scores! Barkley Goodrow is the hero for the Sharks in overtime in Game 7. The Sharks were down by three goals. They came back, they took the lead, and then after Vegas tied it, Barkley Goodrow is the big man on campus. Sharks win 5-4, and they win the series in 7. April 23rd, 2019, that's the day the Vegas Golden Knights officially joined the NHL. And I know many of you are saying, Reed, you've lost your mind yet again. They've played two full seasons in the league. That was the real initiation last night. Because now the Vegas Golden Knights and their fans have that moment, that call, that they're going to be griping about for the next 30, 40, 50 years. Just some examples. The Flyers have, hey, the Islanders were offside on the overtime goal in the 1980 Stanley Cup Final in Game 6. The Toronto Maple Leafs have 1993. Hey, Gretzky, high stuck Gilmore. That should have been a major no call. The Oilers have two years ago. Hey, Kessler's pulling Talbot's pads apart, and the puck goes in to tie the game in Game 5. I know I'm going to be hearing about that from Oilers fans forever. That's the moment. That's when you're initiated, when you have that call that didn't go your way, and it led to heartbreak. And a guy who's been talking about that for the last 21 hours from the Vegas Hockey Hotline in Las Vegas, my friend Brian Blessing. Hi, Brian. Reed, how could you leave the biggest one of all out? Which one no did I goal. Oh, the goal oh, the the Buffalo one? Well, I didn't want it. I didn't want to make it too awkward for you. <laughs> well, no goal. I mean, the league handed out a Stanley Cup that, by the letter of the law, the goal did not count. I, you know, so 
and, and the funny thing is, I walk around here, I've been here 15 years. Whenever I say no goal, everybody here say, let it go, turn the page. I'm like, well, okay, welcome. I, I sent the same tweet out today. Welcome to the NHL. No major. You got no goal, you got no major. Okay, let's go there then. Were, were you what were you were you were you doing uh, radio in in Buffalo in '99? What were you doing? I was doing the Sabres television broadcast. Okay, so it, it, we were on the Empire Sports Network. So the game was nationally televised. The second it ended, Mike Robitaille and I come on the air. So we come on the air, and literally, I mean, we came on the air had never seen the replay. As we come on the air, we see the replay. We're like, that's not a goal. All of a sudden, we cut back down to the arena, and Lindy Ruff comes running back out of the locker room, and they're going nuts. And the problem was they let 300 media members through the Zamboni door on the ice and never reviewed it. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. That's that's one that sticks for Buffalo fans, and we still hear about, uh, I guess, almost 20 years later. It's about six weeks short of 20 years. Brian, I'm going to ask you this. You have the Vegas Hockey Hotline. In uh, in Las Vegas, every afternoon, I, I didn't get to stream anything today because I was getting stuff ready here. Uh, did you have any open line time? And if so, what were you hearing from Golden oh. Knights fans? You know what, Reed? I mean, right out of the gate. First things first. Vegas had a 3-1 lead in the series. Uh, Vegas, yes, horrible call. But that doesn't mean that you, you know, you're... <laughs> Penalty kill, which, by the way, Eakin's a major component of that, and Belmar is out of the game, allow four goals on a major. Uh, you know, so I mean, Vegas is certainly complicit in this, and you give the Sharks full marks. I mean, they got an opportunity, and they kicked the door down. Uh, but, yeah, pe- people are upset and livid and disappointed and all the emotions that we've been in this sport our whole lives. And, and I love the fact that you're saying kind of what I've been saying you know, last night it was welcome to the torture, angst, love, exhilaration, joy. It was before the game of what a game seven's all about. And then when you get the rug pulled out from underneath you and something happens to you that you feel egregious, uh, you are absolutely a member of the National Hockey League now. You're, you're spot on. Well, it's, it's okay. So is this, I mean, this, I know they lost the Stanley Cup final, but is. There, there can't be a moment in the brief Golden Knights history that is going to resonate like this going forward. I mean, I'm trying to think. Well, you don't have, you, you don't have to ask me, George. Want in the, in the post game press conferences? We lost in the final last year. This hurts way worse. That's the head coach. Yeah. Brian Blessing joining us from the uh, from the Vegas hockey uh, hockey hotline. Well, but you, you touched on some of the other elements. And I guess we should also look at Game Six if we're going to be. I don't want. I mean, we're going to talk a lot about the call. Kelly and Rudy and I are going to get into it a little bit too. I, I got some ideas on video review myself, but I guess we have to remember too. Vegas had a power play on home ice in overtime of Game Six. Oh, and well, I mean, listen, they threw the sink at them, and Martin Jones, you know, won that game, uh, and that's great. I mean, seen you know that happen a thousand times. Uh, you know, listen, the Sharks survived and they survived in advance, so. Vegas had their opportunities, and they did not kick the door down. Um, but to your point, I think that the end result of this, Reed, uh, it clearly, this is not rocket science. And there's no way that the NHL can sweep this under the rug. That if, if the NFL is now going to adopt reviewing pass interference calls, okay, great, maybe long overdue, uh, 
And the NBA, if someone throws an elbow and they want to say, was it a flagrant one or a flagrant two, and they go to the monitor, this is an aspect of the game. I, I, would, I think it's pretty simplistic. You, you just simply say, if you're going to call a major, and on the ice you're saying it's a major, he's got five in a game, let's go to the monitor and confirm it. Because the penalty, you know, has devastating consequences potentially. And I don't think it's that big a deal. Go to the monitor and confirm it. If they go to the monitor last night, you know, they'd be hard-pressed to say that was a two-minute penalty. I mean, you, you can give them two minutes for cross-checking. It's an unfortunate incident where, you know, he just kind of shoved them from the front, and he's off balance. It was awful the way he hit his head on the ice. Um, you know, but it, they went to the bench and told Gallant, yeah, he sticked him in the face. Well, no, he didn't. <laughs> go, go, look at the, go look at the monitor. Take a minute. Get it right, especially in the playoffs. Uh, just as an aside here, Brian, you know there's a professional football league in North America that's been reviewing pass interference for a few years, right? <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, it, it, the only problem is you punt on third down. Yeah, well, we we like we like kick returns. We don't have the fair catch either. You got to run it back. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, we put a man on the moon, man. Let's get this stuff right. <laughs> that's a good point. Okay. I got to ask you this. I, I know we had you on a few weeks ago, and and I brought up his name. Uh, what do you think is going to happen here with with Kelly McCrimmon? Obviously, his name has been circling around the order. I think he's uh, he's overseas, hasn't he been overseas? Well, basically, they were not going to let uh, uh, you know Kelly talk to anybody um, until this sorted out. Darren Gregor today said they're going to give Vegas you know a little time to get over this and sort out their organizational map here. Uh, locker room cleanout day is tomorrow, but, but I mean, listen, he's he'd be a great get for Edmonton. He's he's a way he's a wonderful guy, um, but he's got his pulse on junior hockey. He was instrumental in developing what's going on here uh, at the expansion draft. And honestly, Reed, I, I would say this to you: we'll we'll see what happens. He couldn't be in a better spot. I'm not saying it, it turns into a full out bidding war. But, but clearly, you, you got to believe Seattle's going to be ringing his phone, too. So McCrimmon's sitting in the catbird seat. Okay, besides the future of Kelly McCrimmon and whether or not he stays with the Golden Knights, give me uh, one or two other off-season storylines for Vegas, whether it's player moves, needs, uh, you know, free agents they want to retain. What are you looking at there? Oh, boy. I, you know, the funny thing is Jonathan March, so with some fiery comments, but some really thoughtful comments last night, said, listen, this changed us it changed our future because you know at the end of every season this group won't be the same group uh you got the uh, goose the, the stud from the khl that's sitting there right now um I, I would envision and eric Halla if he comes back healthy from the knee injury all of a sudden you're looking at a third line of eric a third line of eric Halla, nikita gusev and alex tuck and then you take, take cody eakin who had a great season and you throw him down on the fourth line between reeves and carrier you got Cody Glass down in Chicago. Uh, I mean, the future is very, very bright. I would think there'll be conceivably, I, I could see some maybe a move or two on defense. Might be Eric Derek England's last year. Uh, I, I'm a, I'm speculating. I think a guy like Colin Miller with term of a, a right hand big shot defenseman, I think could be very attractive to a lot of teams uh, and could reap something coming back. And, and you know, those are just off the top of my head. Okay, interesting stuff. Well, Brian, 
I know obviously we're going to stay in touch, but you've been great throughout the season. Uh, the Golden Knights remain an incredible story. Everything that's happened with those team, with that team over the last couple of years, so much to talk about. Thanks for making time for us on Inside Sports tonight. We'll keep in touch. Reed, it's always a pleasure, pal. Have a good day. That is Brian Blessing checking in from the Vegas Hockey Hotline, dealing with uh, no doubt some irate Golden Knight fans today after that penalty call last night on Cody Aiken. And, of course, we talked about Jonathan Marsh's show, some of his anger after the game. Yeah, they guess. So, exactly, why don't you have a video replay? Like, just help them. It's a fast game for everybody out there. It's a fast game. It's embarrassing. Do you feel like it was stolen from you, John? It was stolen? Yeah. It was 3 nothing. What, 10, 12 minutes left? They scored four goals on the power play. Like, and that, they came clutch. I mean, they feed off a bad call and they came back in 4-3. Get, get the big goal in overtime. I give them credit at some point. They're a great hockey team. But it's, it's embarrassing. Well, that's one we're going to be talking about for a while. Will it change the way the NHL operates will it change what they do for video review well i have an idea what they should do you'll hear that when we get back inside sports on 6 30 chat this is inside sports with reed wilkins on edmonton sports leader 6 30 chad All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Ched, just the one NHL game tonight. Washington leading Carolina 2-0 Game 7 late in the first period. The Oil Kings, how about it? Game 4 tonight against the Prince Albert Raiders. That one will start at 7 o'clock at Rogers Place. It has been an incredible uh, ride for the Oil Kings this season, and they are keeping it going with a 5-1 win last night to go up 2-1 in the best of seven. And the Oilers farm team, the Bakersfield Condors, lead their best of five over Colorado, two games to one. They will not play again until Saturday, but last night they won game three, 5-2. Evan Bouchard joining the Condors after his OHL season ended in London. He gets a goal and two assists to help the Condors to victory. The St. Albert Slash at the SO Cup in Sudbury. That's the female midget AAA National Championship Tournament. They won today 4-0 over Halifax. They are 2-1-1 with one game remaining in the round robin. They have clinched a spot in the semifinals. They will play the Stony Creek Sabres at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. You can text 6:30, 6:30. The phone number is 780-496-0063. Kellen Kennedy is our studio operator this evening. Kellen, great to see you again. Good to see you, Reid. How are you doing? Good. We were talking about video review last night a little bit. I mean, look, I've made it known for everyone ever since they brought it in, and I thought I, I hate the offside challenge. I, I, I know some people like it or say you got to get the call right. Uh, that's fine. I just don't like it to, to review calls for a you know, a couple centimeters offside or a foot barely lifted off the ice. I, I don't think, I, I think video review should be there to correct blatantly missed calls, which is why I'm fine with it for goal line technology. If you can tell whether or not the puck was in to call goal, no goal, you got to use it. And there's no yes. play more important in a game than a goal. 
But if you're going to introduce it, then why not do more to help the guys who are actually calling the game, the linesmen and the referees? And I, and I say to the NHL, if, if you want to challenge for goalie interference and you want to challenge for offsides, and you, you're taking that out of the command centers, out of the war room's hands, because if it's goalie interference or, or it's offside, the coaches have to challenge unless it's in the final minute of the third period or overtime. Other than that, you have the coach has to challenge, and the coach has to decide if the challenge is worth the risk. If you're wrong on goalie interference, you lose your timeout. If you're wrong on an offside challenge, you actually get a penalty for delay of game, and we saw that in a couple of Oilers games this season. So they want you to challenge, but they, they kind of want you to be sure about it. But they're putting that in the in the coach's laps. Uh, you know, the the for, for goals... That's obviously an official decision, or the war room in Toronto can say we got to look at this. We might have a goal. Everything else, you're you're not giving the officials any help. And and I'm I would say to the NHL, if if you're fine with coaches' challenges and you want to split hairs on offsides, then why don't we have an officials' challenge? And like coaches, there would be limitations. The referees and linesmen collectively could challenge one call per game or, or review it, where they would say, we're not sure, or, or we've huddled together and we don't have a consensus. One guy says he saw this, another guy says he saw this, we're going to look at it. So they can't do it all the time. They can't use it as a crutch to second-guess every call and constantly scurry over to the penalty box and, and look at the monitors and figure it out. Like the coaches, there would be limitations. So the referees and the linesmen collectively would get one video review per game. They'd have to declare that they themselves are using it, and they would go over and look at whatever it is they wanted to look at. And certainly last night, they would have said, we want to use our officials' challenge because they see a player lying on the ice with blood leaking through his helmet. And that was a gruesome scene, no doubt about it, with Pavelski down on the ice. That's, that's scary to see. Nobody likes seeing that. But an injury does not automatically equal a penalty. So they know something happened that caused this guy to be hurt quite badly. And at full speed and at game speed, nobody's calling a penalty. Nobody had their arm up. Nothing's being called. And then they see the injury... And they say, uh-oh, head injury, we, we, we better give a penalty and we better give a major. And as Brian Blessing said, you know, the, the bench is told there's a cross-check to the face. Clearly there's no cross-check to the face. It was a horrible uh, accidental play. In my mind, it's not even a minor. Maybe you could argue a minor for cross-checking or interference. Maybe. Certainly not a major penalty. So if the referees go and look at that, that call is going to be right. And yes, Vegas should do a better job killing penalties and all that kind of stuff. But they were in that situation because of a badly, badly blown call. So if if you want to open the video review box, open it for the guys making the calls. Let the officials say, we need to look at this. This is a pivotal moment. We need to make sure we get this right. You're allowing the coaches to do it. Why don't you let the guys with the whistles actually do it? More on this and Kelly Rudy when we get back after the 6.30 News. Inside Sports on Chet. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6.30 Chet.
All right, good to have you tuning in tonight. Oil Kings, 7 o'clock. Rogers place, Prince Albert Raiders. Oil Kings up 2-1 in that best-of-seven series. It is 2-0 for the Capitals leading the Hurricanes after one in Game 7. Burkowski scored at 2-13. Wilson scored at 6-23. Great setup by Ovechkin. Tomorrow, Blue Jackets and Bruins and the Stars and the Blues. St. Louis defenseman Colton Pareko will join us in about a half hour. That'll be pretty cool. Kelly Rudy coming up in a few minutes. You can text 630-630, our phone number 780-496-0063. Talking a lot about the call in the Vegas-San Jose game last night and possible changes or tweaks to video review. This texter says, did they not review the playoff goal against the Oilers where Kessler is clearly holding Talbot's leg and the refs still blew that call? Yes, they did, and it was blown, and I don't think there will ever be a perfect system that gets it right 100% of the time. We keep searching for that. We will keep searching for it. But there are perhaps ways to to make it better or to limit the amount of calls that are missed. But there will never be a perfect system. Uh, I mean, I've been watching sports that I can remember for about 40 years, and I can remember complaints about officials and imperfections, and it's not going to go away. But I think there are things we can do to improve the game, and we should talk about those things. Brother Rob texting in, he says, Hey guys, I would be okay if the refs could review only when calling a major penalty. It's not a bad idea. And Richard says, Keep the coaches challenge and open up video review to include major penalties. Keep the review time down to one minute. We do want to get the calls right, but not take 30 minutes and look at 25 different camera angles to do it. And the coach can choose one play per game to challenge. I agree with you, Reed. No marginal offside reviews. That's what I think they should do. That is Richard texting 630-630. Yeah, I'd be good with some of that or watch it at full speed. I guess the offside, you can't watch at full speed, but you know, if they want to watch it again, watch at full speed or limit the time. If you can't tell within an, a minute, 90 seconds, then are, are you going to keep searching for evidence to, to change the call? I, I would be fine with stuff like that. It, with all the technology that we have and cameras everywhere, it, it's it's hard for, I think it would be, even though I'm against a lot of the video review, I realize it would be hard for a league to say, oh no, we're going to pretend it's the 1930s and we can't look at everything. I, I think you have to get with the times and use what you can. And I, I don't think we're all ever going to agree as as observers and fans of sport how to best use it. But, it, but it seems to me that when it comes to the NHL, a lot of you think that there, there are things that need to be changed. I, I, will, I will say this for what I was saying about giving the referees one challenge per game. And somebody already wrote in, and I knew that somebody would, saying, well, what if the refs had already used their challenge and then there was something else they wanted to look at? I would say, well, that's, that's, that's life, man. I mean, that, to me, that's part, of the sh- that's part of the spectacle of sports is the controversy. So if all this went away, wouldn't it be a little less interesting to talk about? Even though it may be frustrating, painful to fans of losing teams who, who are affected by the bad calls. So I, I think that would just be another thing to talk about in the sport. Did the refs use their challenge? Did they use it at the right time? Should have they waited? It adds a little more level of intrigue to the game. And I realize I'm putting something totally artificial on the game. But, I mean, that's sport. And, and you try it, and if it doesn't work, you get rid of it after a year or mid-season. I mean, the CFL changed challenge stuff mid-season. Uh, 
I mean, I'm sure some people were horrified 35 years ago when the NBA brought in the three-point line. Can you imagine basketball without a three-point line now? So I'm in favor of trying things. I, I'd try the referee challenge. Give them a year. Give them a year to, to, or half a season. Say, or say you're going to do it in October or November and, and see how it goes. And then if it's ruining things, you can get rid of it. But I could I, look, here, here's ways it could be used. Plays like last night to confirm or not confirm major penalties. What about the puck over the glass? How many times do you see, I mean, I've probably seen it two or three times in the first round. The puck gets flipped over the the glass. One ref is pointing that went straight out, and another official is saying, no, no, there's a tip. And then they either call or don't call a penalty based on that. There is something else that could be reviewed quickly by officials. Should there be a two-minute penalty in overtime, in the third period? That, That could be huge, trying to decide. What about a high stick? Now, this happened in the regular season a couple of years ago at, at Rogers Place. Uh, McDavid was uh, high-sticked. Columbus got a four-minute penalty because he was cut. The replay clearly showed it was Lucic's stick that came up and hit McDavid. What if you want to clarify that? Okay, Columbus wouldn't have been short for four minutes. So there are very practical and definite ways this can be applied to help the game Use it once per game so it doesn't slow it down, and then maybe we have fewer controversies along the way. Well, maybe. Maybe not. We have Rick on line one. Go ahead, Rick. Hey, Reed. Um, you know, I'm a traditionalist, so I, I dislike the, the uh, video review, and I, I have an idea. Why don't we put three more reps on the ice? I have another idea. Why don't we just automate the game totally? I mean, uh, don't they have those uh, video games where kids sit on the couch and do nothing? And l- listen, uh, it's gone too far. And uh, I- I'll tell you, you, the game itself deserves uh, a better face. And last night, in particular, that player, regardless of whether he hit his face or not, yet the player had a face shield on, he caused that player to have a major injury. No matter how you look at it, he pushed that player. Yes, the player fell over another player with a face shield on, ended up bleeding out of his ear, it caused a major a major issue. So the referee saw it differently than your video cam that you've had to be able to replay 10 times. And my argument is this, that referee's entitled to his viewpoint. And if I was a referee, I mean, their union should be should be all over. Let's get rid of this whole video replay thing. And there's enough controversy in the game without us having to promote, see, uh, the ref was wrong, everybody's blaming refing. And by the way, I don't care for the way the game's being ref right now because, you know, you can watch one game and the, and the game's being played this way, changes the uh, channel, and you're seeing the game being played another way. I've said enough. I'll sit back and listen. I, I really enjoy your show. Thank you, Rick. Appreciate you calling. 780-496-0063. We also have Terry on the line. Go ahead, Terry. Well, that guy just stole my thunder. It's exactly the same thing. You, if the guy doesn't make the cross check, there's no issue. Do you re- okay. So you can you can review it till forever, but what what are you going to review on that call? Do you actually is it a two minute penalty or is it a game misconduct? The guy gets injured. Do you actually think that's a cross checking penalty? That shove yeah, happens absolutely. on every face off. That shove absolutely. happens on every face off. I don't buy it. Well, then that was the first hockey game you ever watched, because that no, that, no, that happens that on every face-off. I'm tired of that kind of 
it's it's the the Kiprios guy that says on the oh that's completely normal blah blah. Well, that's because he that's kind of hockey he played. He wasn't a, a gifted hockey player, so his way of of playing hockey was the low end of the spectrum. That's not what most fans want to see. Yeah, I don't mind a hit, but that's not hockey. It's not hockey. Guys and jostling guys for position off a of faceoff happens what every faceoff. Well, it didn't deserve a penalty. It absolutely deserved a penalty. And because the guy gets injured, the the referee decides to give him what he can and does. And I have no hard I don't care. I, I like hockey as hockey. And I don't really, I love the Oilers, but I cheer for all of the hockey teams. I just want to see good hockey. I don't want to see that crap on the ice because it isn't hockey. Terry, I'm, I, I'm stunned. Like, I am stunned. That happens on every face-off in one of the it zones. Doesn't. If it did, they'd all be laying on the ice after every face-off. He, he clearly lost the face-off and was pissed because he lost the face-off. So his retaliation is a cross-check to the chest. It ended up crappy, but too bad. Don't do it. You can't whine after it happens. You say, well, I didn't mean to. <laughs> Too bad. It's done. Okay, well, I, I don't know what to say. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm stunned. Like, and I, I talk I'm, to I'm buddies that feel stunned. exactly the same as I do. Why do you think Gretzky never says anything? I couldn't play in the game now because the game's different. Because, because of all of the crap that goes on. He gets held way more than he would have back then, right? Okay. Yeah, there wouldn't be a Wayne Gretzky. He wouldn't have the points he has because the game is different. But he also, it's different in not good ways either. All right. Thanks, Terry. Yeah, bye. All right. We have Chris on line one. Go ahead, Chris. Hey, how's it going, man? Good. Um. You know what, honestly, my problem with it, and Rick and Terry, I, I don't know if uh, the elevator goes to the top of these guys. Um, there was no penalty on the call. There was no penalty being called until after the play had stopped already. Correct. And and that's the egregious error by the referees. So Rick and Terry, go and watch the replay. There is no penalty. They were not calling a cross-check. They were not calling anything until after there was a stoppage because of the injury. Then they decided to make a call. And that's the egregious part of this whole calamity, I guess. Well, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, players are going to get injured and there are going to be accidents on the ice. And I, I just don't think that was a penalty. And if, if it was, it was two minutes maximum. And that kind of shove, I, I mean, I, I, I respect... Terry calling in, but the way Terry would want the game officiated, there would be 30 slashing penalties every two minutes. Well, and Reed, it would be a different argument if there was a, they had their hands up and they moved it to a five-minute major, but there was no penalty on the play at all. Correct. And, and that's, it's just, I, I, I don't know how the refing association and how the refs can move from not being any call on the ice to going all the way to a five-minute major. Even the ex- explanation that they gave to the bench about the cross-check to the face, well, if they really believe there's a cross-check to the face, that's an easy two-minute call. So it, it just doesn't add up. So do you think they should review stuff like that? 
Yeah, I, I have to say though, um, your your one time a, a thing a game I don't really care for, but um, based on uh, the five minute major, because as you can see, they can get four goals in a five minute major, even if they would have done do the double minor. Um, at least there had only been two goals scored. So, yeah, I think they should be able to review that uh, when there is uh, possible consequences to a major penalty like that. All right, see you, Chris. Thank you. That's Chris seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Rob on line three. Go ahead, Rob. Hey, how you doing today? I'm doing quite well. Cool. You know what? My uh, my comments this evening are going to fall under the you know everyone has uh, has an opinion, but opinions are like butts; they usually stink. <laughs> so um, the key thing here, you know, you look at two two key uh, uh, playoff type games. You know, we saw the one last night. Everyone's going to have their opinion on it. But, you know, it's a it's a critical moment in sports, right? Um, it's the first round of the playoffs. That team's going forward. You think of what happened in the NFL this year. Um, similar thing happened with the, I think it was the New Orleans Saints. Pass interference, no call, very clear. Yep. Right? But, you know, just a critical play that was missed by the refs cost a team potentially the series, right? Uh, in that case, the Super Bowl. You know, with Vegas gone on and won the Stanley Cup, who knows, right? Too many, uh, too many good teams out there. But at the end of the day, you think of the, um, you know, horrendous hit that Pavelski got. I would never wish that on any player out there. But you do not want hockey to become soccer, where someone taps you with your stick and you dive. It is, it's hockey's rough. We get it. It's got to be the right calls, but you got to get a tool out there to protect all players, the ones getting hurt, but also the ones that are playing for the love of the game. Just my two cents. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, got a text here from somebody who says he's a linesman in the Alberta Junior Hockey League who says, I 100% agree with Terry. That does not happen every face-off. No one stands up and cross-checks the guy. A penalty doesn't have to be called right away. Linesmen are allowed to report penalties they believe uh, are, and then the referee can call it next stoppage. You don't need an initial call. They can call double minors after uh, double minors and majors after a whistle. Well, yes, which which they can. Uh, I just don't know if anybody really saw that. Uh, Golf Bum says, hey, Reed, that was a cross-check to his chest, no different than the force of a cross-check from behind or uh, a lame hooking call if a stick touches a player's glove or a slash knocking a stick out of a player's hands. All penalties, whether they are weak or not, the cross-check caused injury as weak of a cross-check as it was no need for replay to do what? Measure the force? That is from Golf Bump. Uh, another texture says, Pavelski just fell wrong, not anyone's fault. Well, that's the school I'm in. I mean, I mean, he fell awkwardly. Uh, I, I mean, sure, there was a, a shove there, but I would argue there's probably hundreds of shoves like that in a game. More phone calls when we get back at 649. This is Ryan Dijon Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Oil Kings getting set to go at Rogers Place. They lead the Prince Albert Raiders 2-1 in their best-of-seven series after a 5-1 victory last night. Game 7 tonight, 8 minutes into the second period, 2-0. Capitals leading the Hurricanes. The home team has won every game in that series so far. All right, we have Mike calling in. Go ahead, Mike. Hey, Reed, how you doing? Quite well. Yeah, well, I just I was wanted to comment about uh, you saying about maybe going to see reviews uh, after the play. Try that out. Yep. 
Why, why does it, instead of doing that, why don't we give some of the linesmen authorities kind of to be two other referees on the ice? I know they're linesmen, but I mean, give them the power to call penalties. I know they're allowed to call minor penalties, but I mean, treat them like any other referee. Yeah, they're well, on the ice anyway. Yeah, they're allowed to help, right, with the majors and and uh, and the and the double minors. They they can't obviously call two minutes. Yeah, I, I guess I suppose they want to. They want to divide the responsibilities, so you know there's yeah, two guys my, doing this and two guys doing the lines. Yeah, but my thing is like because I just know I, what I don't want to see is have the game even slow down even that much more. You know what I mean? By going to reviews and stuff like that. That's just my opinion, I guess, on that front. I mean, if that's what I would do. But uh, you know, for regarding that, uh, also for that Pulowski um, there that situation is unfortunate. I mean, I kind of see it is actually disturbing to be honest here. Just blood from the ice in his head the way he hit his head. I. I agree that it, it does happen. I mean, those those battles happen on the on the faceoff dot all the time. So I don't know what Terry I think it was Terry that was saying that no, he's never seen that. I see it all the time. I agree with you there. I have to agree with you there. I mean, it's unfortunate that it happened. Uh, the, the, they don't see you don't see it too often happening. What happened to Velowski there? But I mean, uh, the jockeying on the faceoff dot. I mean, if it's not high sticking in the face and stuff like that, I mean, it happens all the time. But that's just my opinion. So thank you, Mike. All right, thanks, Reed. That's Mike, 780-496-0063. We also have John on line three. John, go ahead. Well, Reed, just wanted to give you a, uh, just my thoughts on the incident last night. I think that if, um, you know, I don't think it's a penalty, but, um, you know, it happened and, and it is what it is, but you can't forget to kill a, how to kill a penalty uh, up 3 nothing in a game seven. Oh sure. I mean, yeah. Once Vegas is on that situation, you you got to kill it off. You you can't you can't whine about it or or not do not do your job. I think the argument would be though they're not in that situation without the call, right? So you know, yeah. But you know, Thank fair you. enough. The players have to execute even if there's a bad call. Okay. Thanks, John. We also have Darcy on the line. Go ahead, Darcy. Hey, Reed. Hello. So it seems like annually. It's a continuous shoot yourself in the foot problem with the NHL. Yep. They just they can't get this right. And you know the NFL's not perfect, but I mean some of its plays they they're so overanalyzed, like what's a catch. No one knows what a catch is anymore, it seems like never mind pass interference. But in the NHL, it's 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 like they continuously say, Okay, this is the rule, but then the next game or two games or a month later, what was the rule has now been changed to a whole different concept of what the rule was. And they need to, they, they need to get their act together. Like put a referee up in the box up, upstairs where maybe he's the one that's going to overlook these replays. Maybe he's the one that's going to make the call on a five minute major. Maybe he's the one that determines whether it's a good goal or not. Cause obviously the guys on the ice, they can't seem to do their job properly and they continuously get things wrong or they continuously miss stuff or in this fact i mean for vegas i mean that sucks man to have the referee come and say oh this is what happened and it's like no that's not what happened at all you're you're way off you know it's it's absolutely embarrassing to watch it darcy was there an era of the national i don't know how old you are but was there an era of the national hockey league where you thought the officiating was better or or good so I'm 38. Um, the 80s, I don't really remember very much. I remember a little bit about it. But, I, I, I mean, I started watching hockey probably when I was around 11, like, all the time. So I remember the early 90s. 
going into the 2000s. And, you know, referees are, are funny because one referee might see things differently than another referee. So I think back in the day, the, the players kind of knew if Mick Magoo was, was refereeing, this is kind of what he would call. If it's, if it's uh, Kerry Fraser, this is what he would call. You know what I mean? Like, they kind of had an idea. But nowadays, I think that's got to be out the window. Well, like, we, should, they, we shouldn't have this problem in the game where the, the referees, because instant replay is supposed to take that away, right? If, if we're going to go back to just human factor and allow the mistakes to occur, then remove instant replay altogether and say we're not doing it. It's not going to be the way we're going to referee our game, and we're going to live with the consequences. Darcy, good thoughts. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Hey, Reed. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say one more thing. Um, Edmonton, get out and support the Oil Kings. I was at the game last night. Our team is phenomenal. Like, they are very good. Yeah. They dominated the Raiders for the first 40 minutes. Then St. Albert kind of pressed on, but, man, our boys never backed down. So, you know, go out and support this team. I know it sucks that the Oilers aren't in it. I get it. I'm just as big of an Oilers fan as anyone else. But, man, the Oil Kings are phenomenal. And we should be out there selling out that that building night in, night out for them. Good stuff, Darcy. Okay, uh, Sebastian Ajo has scored for Carolina. It's 2-1 Washington. Bruce and Craig will get to your phone calls after the news. And Blues defenseman Colton Pareko coming up. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.